you want to be free, the first thing you have to think about is what kind of education should we possess? Two words, death. Two words, death, death. Education. Two words, death. Two words, death, death. Education. Death, death, education. Andre Mountain, and you are tuned into the Deaf Education Podcast, where we focus on social justice, public education, and the lives of creatives. And today, we are talking with a very creative person who is involved in social justice work and is also an actor and former educator. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Jason Louder. Uh, peace and blessings, my brother. I thank you for having me, brother. This is a blessing, oh, no brother. Doubt. We're honored that you would join us for a few moments, man. We're going to have a, a good conversation today about your background as an educator, your, your work now as an actor, and also the work that you continue to do in schools, you know, supporting youth and supporting educators in the metro Atlanta area and beyond. So tell the listeners who Jason Louder is. Okay, well, first and foremost, man, once again, I, I thank you again for having me, brother. I respect and love what you do. Um, and so, in a nutshell, Jason Lauder is a, is, a, is a abundant, I call myself an abundant liver and lover of life, um, who happens to be blessed with some branches on the trees, right, to do uh, acting, to be an actor, to be a teacher, to be a mentor, to be a coach, to be a an activist, to be a a um, blessed to be a son <laughs> um so you know um um and so that's who i am in a nutshell man and so I'm more so of an enigma um and and and, and uh uh just a a hyphenated being <laughs> i have many hats wear many hats bro so let's go back i, I don't want to start with the acting i don't want to start with the teaching i want to start with with your connection to hip-hop culture talk to me about how you got into hip-hop and your experiences i know you were a member of a group at one time let's start there and then we'll work our way to the present wow okay so man beautiful story I'm, i'll make a short story um i'm long um and this, this is how it happened bro i so in high school i was uh playing basketball um was on the track to be a uh to be a you know collegiate athlete and hopefully nba one day um so i was cut from the basketball team my junior year of high school um from that point i decided to say hey you know what this is not my path let me pursue this thing that i really enjoy um, called rapping, right? So I, uh, you know, I had a couple of tapes. I had a, uh, um, um, LL Cool J. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm bad, you know what I'm saying? So I had that. Uh, definitely had uh, 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 the Fat Boys, MC Hammer. So I had some tapes that, you know, that, that I was already, already into, already into hip hop, already like, you know, on, on the, on the, on this journey with hip hop, right? Um, and so uh, I decided to start a group called FBI. 
future black inspirations and it was a couple of guys couple of actually young 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 guys in the neighborhood man i was i was a junior in high school they were um in middle school and so i started writing everybody's rhymes so i was writing the raps for all of us right and we would do showcases we would go to um perform with um another bad creation with bell bill devoe you know what i'm saying we would be in these little showcases with all these groups up and coming groups in atlanta and so um we then met a young lady named kelly um, I met her in high school at Riverwood High School, met her. She was also a rapper, she and her cousin. But I said, hey, why don't you join our group and we can all do it together. So we did a couple of, um, um, we did a couple of what they call them, uh, uh, competitions at, um, um, at, at, in high school. Um, I was writing, still writing everybody's rhymes and it was just like, okay, we're good. So then we graduated. And Kelly and I then um, went to matriculated to Georgia Southern University, where my cousin Brian Price, B. Price, he was already there, and so he was already doing his thing in the rap in the rap world as well. So we met up with him, and then we performed at a talent show um, at Georgia Southern, and then we met. We were um, almost ambushed by this other guy named um, Amon Kush, or his name was Mon Jones at the time. And he and his crew, they kind of like got us in a battle and we were battling each other. <laughs> and then we decided to say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and form a group with all of us. Um, and that we, we actually, he said, you guys can join our group. And they already had a group called Unknown Seeds. So then we then joined Unknown Seeds, myself, B. Price, Kelly Love Jones, um, Damon Jones, um, Khalid Warnock, and Quam Scott, and Mike Mike Simmons. So it was a it was a it was a, just a a, a a a group that we just formed by just uh, serendipity. I would say that we formed by serendipity. Wow, amazing story, amazing. Yeah. Hey, so what would you say? You mentioned LL Cool J, and in the group, you know that was a unique time mm -hmm. that you all formed that group. What would you say some of the yeah. influences were of the group? Oh man, definitely. Like, uh, that was during the time when, um, Outcast had already kind of started, you know, building up, building up steam, um, with get up, get out and get something. You better get up, get out and get something. You know what I'm saying? So that Outcast kind of like, tr you know, pushing us forward. Um, and that was 94. So Tang Clan was there. Um, um, Public Enemy was also, um, um, a part of like who we are. Goody Mob had just dropped as well. So we were like this. Uh, this uh, this i guess amalgamum of that souls and shift so it was like man um so you know literally we were an amalgamum of all of that energy west coast east coast down south um and so we kind of were looking in the space of what what, it, what was already there um for us so that was our journey of finding our sound inside of what we were already influenced by now Beyond the group, Unknown Seeds, mm -hmm. many years later, mm -hmm. you ended up becoming an educator. Many of the people in that group became educators. Talk to me about your journey of education. So essentially, man, while we were in, at Georgia Southern, I, I was definitely in, involved with different, um, in, in, on the, in the political side. I think we all had the NAACP and uh, part of the model OAU. So it, it was very like, that was a part of my journey, right? Um, and so from there, I was studying um, to be a, psych, a sociologist. And um, I, you know, looking to say, hey, you know what, I'll, this is my path. Carl, Carl, Carl said, let's go to this library and read to these kids. And we went to the library, we read to these um, young people and it was transformative. So I said, hey, you know what, 
I see myself doing that. So then um, I went to my counselor, said, hey, I want to look into um, education. I was like, no, you're too deep into the process. Um, so um, I was on the, I guess, on the path of um, going to look for jobs and the job seeking process went out to um, Eckerd Youth Alternative, um, where they work with um, at risk youth and they um, are at a campsite. And so while do that, hey, you know, this may not be the this may not be the path that I want because um, it was a little bit uh, overwhelming for me um, at that point. And then I came back to Atlanta um, and um, my mom said, hey, uh, you know, Miss Quash, Sandy, our friend of ours, she's the principal at Romar Academy. So she then said, hey, go to Romar Academy and work in the after school program. Started working in the after school program that following semester or that following year. She said, hey, Mr. Lauder, you did really well with the kid. They, they love you. Um, would you be interested in teaching full time? And I was like, well, I don't have a degree. She was like, there's no need. We want you to teach physical education and computer technology. As long as you can give them what you know, guide you and help give you the, 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 the tools that you need to to build you and to uh, to guide you on the way. And I said, yes. And that that's when um, that was kind of like the 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 the, the beginnings. <laughs> getting into education and like I said at Romar Academy is where my, where my first full-time teaching job started. So looking back on your experience as an educator what would you say is something that you remember as a, as a great memory from that time? Mm, um, me and learning the process of how children learn differently children learn differently and I had to miss Glimp she was a kindergarten teacher and I kind of like I was studying under studying if you will under her um, and watching how she would use different methods to reach different children different students um, some were tactile some were um, visual you know um, others were um, um, auditory you know what I'm saying so it was just like watching that and saying oh wow these children have different learning methods so you have to be mindful of how you reach each child because they're different and so that really was like a, a eye-opening experience for me um, and that kind of helped guide me in how i um and how i taught moving forward and how i you know interacted with the students moving forward yeah in that you you're working as an educator in that experience mm -hmm. you know you have some some other interests beyond the classroom. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about how you start auditioning for roles and, and getting into the world of acting. Well, um, that's funny that you say that, man, because um, one of my one of one of the guys in the group, Quam Scott, he called me up one day and was like, "Hey, Jay Lau, you the you, you you're the hype man. You're the but don't you didn't you say you wanted to like look into acting?" Uh, I mean, we would just, we would, nah, not, I don't know. He was like, bro, well, here, um, um, uh, Shaka Zulu's sister is having an audition at Georgia State University. You should just go. And I was like, all right, I'll go. So I went down there um, and uh, we, uh, I went to the audition. They gave me the sides. They knew I was never, I never acted before as far as in this space. Um, and they said, hey, you know what? Here's the sides go sit down look over them we'll call you in they called me in i started reading with the director and it was magic 
And I said, this is something that I never felt in my life before. So I read with her. They say, hey, can you read with somebody else on another play? I said, sure. Read that with the other person. Transformative. And everybody else in the room said, hey, can you read mine? Can you read mine? Can you read mine? Can you? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So I read, read everybody's pieces, man. Oh, um, so I did everybody's pieces. Lo and behold, Dr. Charlene Holmes called me later on that evening and she said, you got cast in all of them. But I can't I wow. can't let you do that <laughs> because you never acted before. <laughs> so that would be unfair to you and to the other and to the other directors. So you can choose two. And the two and the, the two I chose were was the were the ones that spoke to my heart the most. One was called Our Liberated Justice by Dr. Asantawa Suni Ali. And the one other one was called Salam. And so the uh, Our Liberated Justice was about um, the um, the uh, former some for the Black Panthers who um, were framed for robbing a Brinks truck. And then Salam was about um, uh, Islamic terrorist um, who was going to transition, but he had to come and have a moment with the creator and um, kind of atone for his sins. So there's a lot of common ground between the world of mm -hmm. acting and the world of social activism. And we think of people like Sidney Poitier mm -hmm. and Harry Belafonte mm -hmm. and the work that Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman has mm -hmm. done in terms of inspiring youth. Uh, what would you say is your influence or inspiration as an actor mm -hmm. when you look at the the actors who come before you? Who are some people who inspire you? Oh man, um, Paul Robeson, um, who was just a phenomenal, not only phenomenal individual, but a an athlete um a, a master at his craft right but he was also an activist and he was blacklisted you know what i'm saying um during the red during the red scare in the 50s when um you know the, the, the 30s when they were you know um looking for people who were saying that the government was saying these people were, were, were socialist or you know what i'm saying so um, um unfortunately he was blacklisted but his work still continued for i would say the africans and the american negroes have turned out to be an extraordinarily gifted people. The great tragedy is that by not making us full-class citizens as yet in America, they may be losing, I don't know how much yet. And to come back, I would say that unquestionably, I am an American, born there, my father slave there. Upon the backs of my people was developed the primary wealth of America, the primary wealth. You have to have accumulated wealth to start, you know, to build. You did it another way here in Australia. You, you know, you had to build your accumulated wealth too. You just came and took it. You know what I mean? And that's what they did in most of the countries. That's what you West. That's what you Europeans did. You just took it. We got to catch up with you a little bit. And so in America, so there's a lot of America that belongs to me yet. You understand? But just like a Scottish American is proud of being from Scotland, I'm proud for being African. Now, in our school books, they tried to tell me that all Africans were savages. Till I got to London and found most of the Africans I knew in, were going to Oxford and Cambridge and doing very well. Um, so, so Paul Robeson is definitely a, a huge, huge as what you know what I would like to ascribe to do, and, and, and with with my work. Um, and um, also another brother, man, is Jim Jim Jim, Jim Brown, man. Jim Brown is amazing, man. Like I, I, <laughs> I do for his for his service and for his his right. <laughs> 
traditionals and what it want him to be. He really had Kuji Chocolate. Those are those are some powerful figures. Paul Robeson, Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, brother. So, so at this point, we always transition into a segment we call "It Was Written," mm-hmm. and we ask our guests to share two books that you would recommend to our listeners. Give us the title, the author, and then why you recommend those two books. Because we understand that we have to continue to develop our minds. Reading is is critical mm-hmm. to our development as as creatives, as educators. And, and just as, as active members of this society. So what are two books that you would recommend to the people listening to the podcast? Ooh, man, the first book that my dad got me, man, it was called um, Visions for Black Men by Naeem Akbar. That, not, that, it wasn't the first book my dad got me. It was the first book that I actually um, 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 really sat down and just kind of like dug into, right? It was called Visions for Black Men by Naeem Akbar, Dr. Naeem Akbar. Um, and another book that I really... Uh, that, that changed my life was the autobiography of Malcolm X um, by uh, the late um, uh, Alex Haley. Yes, sir. Yes, the late great Alex Haley. So um, those two books I really want to say changed my life as a young man, as a young black man. Those two books really like pointed me in the direction that I feel like I'm still walking in today. Wow. I'm familiar with the autobiography of Malcolm X, but I need to check out the visions for black men by night. Yes, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Both. That's a powerful book, brother. Please check it out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's good for your students too. I think it's, I think it'd be a great piece for your students. Now there's a section of the podcast that we call death ed bar and grill. And we ask our visitors, our, our guests to share a few lines from one of your favorite hip hop songs and tell us about those lines and what they mean to you. Mm. Wow. Um so one this is this is this is one that pops right into my head, right? Abomatomically. Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I be dropping these mockeries, lyrically perform armed robbery, flee with the lottery, possibly they spotted me. Battlestar Shogun, tremendous when the pen hits, forensic, ultraviolet style sounds forensics. Like, bro, that is a <laughs> that is that is by the the one and only um 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 master uh that's master killer if i want to say if i if, if i'm correct that's master killer from the wu-tang clan um the song called triumph um i'm sorry reunited that song is called reunited by the wu-tang clan man um and so those lyrics bro when he said that and i, I mean it's, it still gives me chills whenever i say them to this day like just master it was just showing how masterful he could weave words and makes and and, and tell a story and he painted a picture i could see him like climbing this 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 stairwell or or climbing this space and he's bombing atomically um with all these ideas philosophies of hypotheses couldn't define like this is like he the way he (laughs) explained it was so was so so um it's so uh, picturesque 
if you will. It was very picturesque. So that that verse always stuck with me. It sticks with me to this day. Um, and um, CeeLo, man, CeeLo has a song on Goody Mob. They have uh, the intro. Um, Lord is so hard. Living this life, a constant struggle each and every day. Some wonder why I'd rather die than to continue living this way. Many are blind and cannot find the truth because no one seems to really know. To let me and my people go Cause I wanna be free Completely free I'm not gonna let this world worry me That that right there man That's that's the soul and the spirit of our people When I hear that man And so that's yes, why that, 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 that piece just resonates with me And I listen to it almost I mean I, I, I was a point where I was listening to it every day But now it's, 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 it's inside me now So I can just I can, I, can, I can just pull it and recall Whenever I need it Whenever I need that soul um, of our people To be inside of me man Yeah Man you just touched on so many things That, that evoke many other questions And discussions For instance He's talking about mm-hmm. being free and, and I think it's so important that our young people understand that your freedom is not just being free mm. of chains. How you live determines your level yes. of freedom, the level of education mm. you have. And it's not always education in terms of a degree right. or a diploma. There's other education you have to engage in on your own that that allows you to be mm. even more. God, free, right? Yes, Andre. Yes, I mean, you're spot on. You're spot on. And they have to realize that that freedom comes from within it doesn't come from outside. It comes from within. So what advice would you have for educators who are listening? Because a lot of the folks who listen mm-hmm. to this podcast are either aspiring mm-hmm. teachers, current teachers, or school leaders who are listening. What would you say to them so that we can make schools places where, one, kids mm-hmm. are more free, but two, we don't stifle their creativity while they're in wow, our institutions? I, I mean, I would say this, Dre. Um you are as much of a student as you are a teacher. So be open to what they can teach you. Be open to hearing their ideas. Be open to being that, having that, that um, I guess it's called the reciprocal relationship where you give and then you receive. Where they give and then they receive. So I think that's just important for us to, 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 go into, to go into a field like education, as important as education, knowing that we don't know it all. So we, don't, we, 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 we have to remember that we are vessels and that we are as much of the student as we are the teacher. Do you have experiences from your time in K-12 that, that really stand out to you as, as memories of when we either hit the mark in terms of fostering your creativity or where the school missed the mark. Oh. Mm. 
you know what? I want to say where where we there there are moments where I knew that we had hit the mark because um, I also taught at a school called Imhotep Academy where we knew uh, I, uh, we, we we would recite the um, the, uh, the the national Negro anthem every morning, right? Um, um, by James Weldon Johnson and uh, lift every voice and sing. So our children would recite that every morning. They would also recite um, a few other pieces. Um, one of them being the ultimate student. And hearing the ultimate student, the world belongs to us. Um, and hearing them say that uh, every morning, it 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 it. It, I knew that sometimes they felt like they were just going through the rigmarole or, the, or just a routine thing. But then to see them after they left Motep Academy, after they left the eighth grade and knowing that, hey, you know what? Those words meant more. They meant more to they meant more to them than they than than than, than what they thought. You know, um, because now they're walking in their power. They're walking in their their agency as um, um I, I want to say liberated, <laughs> liberating young people. Right. Um, and many of them did do that where they went on to become, um, you know, uh, uh, thought thought leaders in their different, you know, you know, universities or the high schools, you know, and I just knew that, OK, you know what? There was something being done right. We were doing something right there um, and, and giving them their history and, and grounding them in their history from 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 pre-K. Grounding them in history, knowing who Imhotep was, knowing who Marcus Garvey was, knowing who, you know, knowing who the, the, the Mau Mau were. Like, that was what we were teaching at Imhotep. So they were being grounded in this history, a rich history of who they are. And then they could walk in their pride, man, and glory. So I knew we, I knew we hit the mark by doing Yeah, Imhotep Academy um, ran by um, uh, Charlene Rosenberg and uh, Miss Dett Jackson. Those are the two ladies who started Imhotep Academy. And to this day, um, they are still there, still teaching, <laughs> um, still giving, you know, still mm -hmm. learning from um, from from, from our, our amazing children, man. So, um, yeah, man, it's off of Fairburn Road um, and they share that they share a complex or they share a site with um, the um, Carrie Steele Pitts Orphanage, which is. Yeah. So they, they okay. share they share a campus. They share a campus. So. Some of the students or some of the children from Cary Steel Pitts also attend Imhotep Academy, which which once again brings two cultures to brings two different um, uh, uh, social economic classes together. So what would you how would you describe the metro Atlanta area for folks who see it from the outside in? Because I've only been in Atlanta for maybe uh, <laughs> four years now. And Atlanta is unlike any space that I've lived in, in terms of black professionals, mm. black creatives. How would you describe it to someone who's listening, who may not have visited Atlanta or lived in Atlanta? I would say, What's man, like? when you come to Atlanta, man, it's almost your, I, because I've been to different cities, but I haven't lived in different cities, but I would almost feel like, man, Atlanta is just this progressive uh, Mecca, black Mecca, if you will, right? Um, where, like you said, you do have um, um, black professionals, you do have people um, um, starting their own businesses, you do see uh, teachers and schools that are, you know, all black, you know what I'm saying, black schools, black, you know, um, um, black businesses, um, the West End, rich cultural sanctuary, right? Um, um, the birthplace of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know what I'm saying? So it's like you are in this space that has all of this rich history and then you have this uh burgeoning new energy of, of 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 creativity i mean the sound when andre said the south got something to say he was talking about what we were 
embarking on what we had to say as the South, as 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 the city of Atlanta, man. I, I really believe that people are gonna see um a lot of of just black people doing for themselves. Now speaking of doing for themselves, you you played in a uh, yes. series yes. Wu Tang. Wu Tang yes. an American saga, which documented the the rise of a group that pretty much did for themselves and decided listen we're going to enter this music industry on our own terms and we're going to do things after certain members of the group had been either denied deals or had some bad deals mm. in the music industry they said listen we're going we're going to approach this thing from a different way talk to us about your experience mm. in that so that was just a surreal experience like just from from the beginning man from 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 the point of the audition um um and then going into the you know booking the role if you say if you will um that that just space of knowing that this is a part of history like the wu-tang clan is a part of hip-hop history you know what i'm saying that's a legacy that they that you know that that, that is forever um etched in 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 the um in the annals of knowing that i'll be a part of that was first of all surreal um mind-blowing um, it became even more real when the rizza when well the, the production called and said hey the rizza wants to talk to you about your character that's what it was like whoa, whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> play the who was a uh, actual person um and um he was going to be one of the main investors uh of the wu-tang um but he happened to be um a, a drug lord man and so um unfortunately you know he took a fall um um, um the resist dude was very very um um and presence um, and he had this whistle that everybody could hear from around the corner. Um, so I was like, I can't whistle. And he was like, don't worry, we can, we can fix that. <laughs> so <laughs> just, man, being on set with, uh, with Method Man, he came to set one day and being on set with uh, all the amazing actors in that series, bro. I mean, everybody, I mean, top down were, were, were amazing. And so that experience was, for me, it was like, uh, it was a dream. Now you also play a character on Black Lightning. Talk to us about mm. your role there. Yeah, man. So uh, the stars aligned themselves. Like actors, we have to remember that what's for you is completely for you. So um, yeah, two bits, Frank, two bits, Tanner. To know that um, the role was um, this, 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 this character. He is. He's essentially the eyes and ears or the sidekick for for Black Lightning, right? Um, so he uh, more so is a reformed um, street hustler <laughs> who becomes a, a businessman um, who runs a bar. Um, but essentially, in the beginning, man, um, just shout out to um, Salim Akil, Marb Rock Akil, who took on you know who took on this project and knowing that they wanted to have a they wanted to uh they wanted to say something with this with, with black lightning so um uh knowing that how they use the story the dc the dc story of black lightning and then to to kind of extrapolate it and then to parallel it with what we're going through today um they kind of use that that pin use their voice to um 
to to leave a message to say a message right and so black light so there was a product in the in the first season called green light and green light was this a social experiment by the government on black people in the black community essentially that's what crack cocaine was so they were show they were showing how this yep. experimental drug was being used on the black community to see what would happen if they poured it into the community and and, and see and so it was essentially experiment so they they used that as a as a, as a parallel which was a brilliant brilliant parallel but then the music man the the soundtrack of black lightning they have this this beautiful soundtrack where they use current music as well as past music al green pops up sometimes you know so um i think this is it's a show for us um it's by us it's about us um and, and shout out to you know the creators um 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 uh, at, at, at the cw for for also taking it on and and being um progressive enough to say hey you know what Let's just take this on. But yeah, man, it, it's a family. It's, 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 the, the set is run like a family. Celine runs it like a family. And um, I've been blessed to be on all four seasons, man. Um, and so uh, this last season is going to be something of a, it's going to be a, it's going to, it's going to be a roller coaster. So <laughs> get rid Wow. You know, you touched on something in terms of the experimentation on, mm -hmm. on black communities. I was just watching a story on NBC. They were talking about how there's an influx of young African-Americans mm -hmm. applying to medical schools to to answer the call of the need for better health care in our communities. You know, um, Howard University, mm -hmm. uh, Morehouse School of Medicine, all of these schools are seeing a 15 to 20 percent increase in the number of, of young blacks who are pursuing medical degrees and you know, the timing mm -hmm. could be better because when we think of our history, when we look mm -hmm. back at the Tuskegee experiment, it's no wonder if people really know the history of our people, it's no wonder that mm -hmm. there's a level of reluctance to run yes. out and get vaccines. That's, yes. You know, you, yes. You, you, you cannot negate that past. And there's a reason why we, we mm -hmm. have a, a distrust of of things that are being injected mm. into our arms so and much. man you you hit it on the nail dre um that's just something that we you know you have to you have to be mindful of that that history definitely dictates the current response or the current temperature of why uh we don't trust uh, 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 the, the the medical system, but it's 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 you know it's a it's a opportunity to 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 grow. It's an opportunity to uh, to do to do even, <laughs> and I think it's an opportunity to become um, enlightened, more enlightened than we already are. So yeah, man, it, it's that's good to know that more yeah. people, more more people are getting into the medical um, arena. You know, it's interesting when you stand back and you look at the media and you look at how uh, people like Bill Gates are, are presented to us to promote mm. vaccinations in mm. Africa and even in the United States. But when Doc, when Dr. Sabi was mm. trying to talk to us about cleansing and healing ourselves, mm. he was attacked yeah, from all directions. Yeah, that just once again goes to show you like the uh, where we are um, um, just culturally, historically where we are. Um, with regard to how we are not valued, our value is, has 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 been it's been kind of placated. It's been kind of like you know pushed aside. Um, so Dr. Sabi was 
you know, he's been on this uh, uh, this journey for for, for for years. A brother who's been on this journey for years. And mm -hmm. he also um, has been attributed for cancer, right? So, so to yep, have yep. him be, you know, dispelled and, you know, belittled by the medical community, that's insulting. It really is insulting. Um, but, but, you know, you have other people like Dr. Layla, Layla, uh, Africa, he's also, um, um, heavy into the medical, um, you know, but we, it just goes to show us that we have to, you know, find our value. We have to, we have to, we have to assign our value to ourselves and know that, Hey, you know what, Dr. Sadie, yeah. that's my, that's the truth that I'm going to stand on because that brother, he looks like me. He, we have the same, we, we have the same DNA. We have the same um uh, uh, uh ancestry so i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to what he has to say because he can speak better than anybody can for me and you know one of our mutual friends trey morris put me up on dr layla yes. africa's book african holistic health it's another groundbreaking book that i would Ooh, suggest brother, anyone one. get that's one yeah man yeah man but Ooh, that just takes that just shows the the the, the uh triangle of 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 the, the holistic side of, of who we are health you just kind of captured it in all like our education our health our um, um cultural uh the coat you know our cultural uh, our resonance um it's all encompassing it's not you can't just take one and then not 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 pay attention to the other one they all work together emotional spiritual health That's they right. all work together bro absolutely so at this point i want to ask you something who are our top five who are your Whoa. top five MCs? okay Wow. At this time right now? It could be any time. You can go back <laughs> right. to the golden era. Okay. Um, top five gonna, And this is not in, in any particular order, but I'm going to say KRS-One. Um, I'm going to say Andre 3000. Mm -hmm. um, um, I would also uh, say um, uh, Thought. Um, then okay. um, who... Wow. Um, man, I, 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 I will be as bold as to say, um, Nas, not be even bold. I mean, that's just what it is. Nas and, 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 and Tupac. <laughs> Tupac, I got you. So you got KRS-One, Andre 3000, Black Thought, Nas, and Tupac. That's a hell of a list, yeah, man. That's a hell of a list, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so i constantly tell the teachers that work with me that it's very important that you have some passions beyond mm. your classroom teaching and that's a philosophy that some people have an issue with they feel like if you choose to become an educator you have to just go all in with that one thing but i think it's important for for educators to have balance you know whether it's you you sing on the weekends and the evenings yes. or you're an avid gardener or you know you paint you have to have an outlet what would be your advice to educators in terms of oh man the balance, balance is necessary i think that's with any career though if you if you don't because um we are not what we do we are not what we do my, my life coach just helps me kind of um overstand that more and more um but you um have to have different life experiences that's what that's what brings you as a teacher as an educator when you bring that to class because you you've you, you've experienced different things in your life like you say you're a gardener 
on the weekends, you can bring that etch, that that insight and that that knowledge about gardening into your classroom, and it makes your class even even it makes your uh, teaching even more. If you are a pianist and you pursue and you love playing the piano, that's going to enhance your class because of your knowledge of music, classical music. It's going to only enhance your experience and your students' experience in the classroom. So, man, that's I think that's the most important thing to do is to have outside. Uh, uh, um, I don't want to say hobbies, but outside um, uh, 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 just uh, things that you do outside of teaching that help aid or help inform your teaching i think that's only going to make you a better teacher it is period love it love it that's great yeah. advice for anyone man just to have that balance so jay once again thanks for being on this episode of depth education podcast how can our listeners out there metro atlanta and beyond get in touch with you follow you in social media all things jason louder find me on instagram at uh, jason.louder i'm also on uh twitter at jason underscore louder and i'm on facebook yes as jason louder uh, you could definitely also uh catch me on um uh season four of black lightning but also get caught up on seasons one two one two and three on netflix and on hulu um uh, wu-tang and american saga um and then some other op- some other things coming up but yeah i'm i'm Google me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we we appreciate it, brother. Thank you for joining us on Deaf Education. I appreciate love you, brother. Thank you so much, Andre. I appreciate what you're doing. Keep a keep the faith, brother. Please, peace and blessings. All right, peace, Jack.